Hey, Spence, you cannot be surprised that this death thing is rumbling on, surely. It's one of those cyclical discussions that goes on in discussion of RPGs. And, you know, it is, it is a major thing. Talking about the black hack, uh, your recent demise seemed fair and square. Um, it, you know, you, you get took down and there's a one in six chance of dying. He was a little bit unlucky, I guess. But what do you make of the uh, the panic rule where the lights go out and you can die of a heart failure? Um, I don't mind a gritty game, <laughs> but that that seems pretty harsh and is exactly what happened to one of my highlands. First time he set foot in a cave, lights went out, heart failure, dead. How about that for grim and gritty? <laughs> Thanks, TJ. Hello, welcome, and remain indoors. I'm Spencer, aka Free Thrall, and this is Keep Off the Borderlands. So we had Colin Spike Pit Green there opening the show, and thank you for your message, Colin. Yes, you are perfectly correct. The debate continues, and um, yeah, that panic mechanic, having a heart attack. When the lights go out, yeah, I think that is pushing things a little too far. And to die simply from fright just seems a little bit too mean. I mean, if you could sort of explain that narratively in that the lights go out, you panic, run into some kind of trap or something else that takes you out, fine. But darkness, heart attack, death, no, I would not be pleased. Yeah, as I say, the debate continues. I've got a few more messages, mainly from Shandy Andy, playing catch-up. When I saw all those messages, Andy, I thought I was special. And then I listened to Joe Richter's episode of Hindsightless. (laughs) All I can say is, go over there, folks, and listen to that one. There's a time to live, a time to die, a time to meet your maker, and it's very much another companion piece my recent episodes. So uh, let's dive into those messages, shall we? I just want to add, there is a bit of a crackling issue with these messages. Fortunately, you can hear everything that Andy is saying. Take it away, Andy. Hey up, Spencer. Remember me? Shandy Andy. It's been a while. I'm just catching up on podcasts. So, uh, I'm about six weeks behind now because it's locked down really busy. Um, but I, I couldn't resist it. I saw Death by OSR 
And I thought, oh, I've got to listen to that. I've got to listen to that. Really enjoyed the episode. Uh, terrific that you finally had a chance to play a sort of OS-style game. Um, and glad you took the character death and the spirit, uh, in which you have to. Uh, it sounded like a really cool character, but way too much background. You now, now know. <laughs> Keep the background to a minimum, just in case you lose your character. Anyway, great to hear you're still podcasting, Spencer. Keep up the good work. Oh, and don't feel too bad about losing your character. In the, It took me a session and a half of the OSE Wilderlands campaign I'm running before we had our first character death. And that was by uh, a player who'd been playing for 40 years. He managed to uh, lose his uh, cleric. Uh, and managed to choose it to a uh, cobalt with two hit points. So it happens. Uh, but if I might say so, proper OSR, you don't go in with one, one character. You should have rolled another one already ready to go in, because that's what I insisted all my players did. So uh, Glim was playing again within five minutes of having a character death with his second character. So, uh, and again, it, it's still, we were chuckling about it uh, in a separate game, because character deaths can be quite fun. <laughs> So that was the first couple of messages from Andy there. And, um, yeah, I've got to say, fortunately, I died right at the end of the session. And I was actually able to roll up a character as they were finishing up that encounter. And he was all ready to be introduced to the next session. So um, I didn't really miss out there. I mean, I wouldn't say that I kind of extensively filled out the character's background, but... What I came up with through character creation just really appealed to me. He was a psionicist and he had so many great little tricks up his sleeve. He just didn't get the opportunity to use. That's essentially what was most disappointing about it. Hey, I'm Spencer. Shandy Andy again. I'm on a roll with your uh, podcast at the moment. CSI Black Sun. Uh, about halfway through it at the moment. But I thought I'd send this message before I forget all about it and never get around to uh, messaging you. You were saying about um, sort of characters having uh, scars and things like that. Um, RuneQuest, uh, role-playing in Grantford, which is a, a system that I, I GM, that's got quite interesting because that has hit locations. And what happens is each location has a certain number of hit points. And if you take it more than tw uh, twice, I think it is, I might be wrong, it might be just once negative to what it is positive any any one location then you, you end up with uh, a scar being uh, you know in that location so that's got quite a nice way of handling that where death is not even involved you're getting scars just being injured anyway thought i'd uh, just send you a message about that yeah thanks andy um i wanted to clarify how scars worked in electric bastion land because I was listening to Joe Richter's episode where you said about characters receiving scars once they'd fallen unconscious. In Electric Bastion Land, hit points don't reflect damage as much as reflecting your ability to defend yourself. So when you reach zero hit points, you're not unconscious, you're just vulnerable to attacks. And that is when you receive a scar. So I just wanted to clarify, as with Glorantha, your character isn't unconscious when that occurs. Hey up, Spencer. Just finished CSI Dark Sun. 
Um, I feel I, I've got to offer a defence against Joe Richter. Zero hit points, death, boring. No, no, no. Boring is when we have to wait 15 minutes for a character to die. He's been hit by an arrow. Oh, woe is me. Oh, where is the cleric and his cure-like wounds? Where are the potions? Somebody, somebody get me first aid. On oh, here. Oh, 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 I've only got minutes to live. That's boring. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I wouldn't like to play in a game where zero hit points was death every time. But equally, sometimes it's quite nice. And I, all I could say is, I can actually roll up a second character faster than some characters could die when they go below zero hit points. Yeah, I'm with you there, Andy. And I find that in a position as a player that I'm interested in playing in different games that handle things a little differently. So as I said in the previous episode, I'd certainly up for death at zero hit points in the context of the Dark Sun game. It makes sense. And um, what I'm going to go into in this episode is a few more experiences of character death and whether a character's death can be said to be boring or not has little to do with the mechanics of the actual game itself. Hey, Spencer, I'm finally up to date with your podcast. I promise this is the last message. But do you know what? I should probably just call up and in future say whatever Jason said. That's what I'm about to say, because I've just listened to all of Jason's messages and I can only concur pretty much with what he's saying. Uh, the one thing I will say about this, uh, my, my last uh, saying on this zero hit points, I, th- I think it's just the type of game you want to play, isn't it? I mean, zero hit points is OD&D, BX, it's that style of game. Um, if you don't like that style of game and you want to, you know, have it going to minus con or minus 10, you know, a different game. Um, it's difficult just to tweak the hit points because there's a tendency then to start tweaking everything else and then you don't get and oh, uh, you know, D and D or BX, you end up with Pathfinder or Fifth Ed, and both are great. You know, I think we can all agree with that. Thank you so much for those messages, Andy. And I certainly think you bring a slightly different perspective to uh, Jason, despite the fact that you are generally in agreement. As I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we all are. We just have certain leanings and preferences. And uh, fortunately, there's enough variety of games out there to meet our every need. So thank you for getting in touch and uh, look forward to the next episode of Unguarded Trevor. Hey there, Spencer. It's John from the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast. Man, don't talk to me about dying quickly in Dave Aldridge's game. What do you know about stepping into a river in a fighting fantasy game and being like insta-dead but i've got to say that's part of the appeal of the osr games to me and i know you get people saying oh well you know just having a death where you're like boom dead isn't particularly heroic it's not particularly dramatic but other players can always play up their response to it to like heighten the drama if they're worried about that but i quite like it because I've got to think that for every sort of hero who makes it to like high level and becomes a legend, how many others fell by the wayside without ever reaching those dizzying heights? And plus, if a character dies, I'm always thinking of my next one and thinking how I can make it even cooler 
enjoying the episode, dude. I'm going to get back to listening to it. Take care. And- John Allen Large there from RDD RPG. And thank you very much for your message, John. As I said in response to Andy's messages, it's the circumstances of death that make it interesting. That is what I want to explore by comparing and contrasting a few more situations my characters have found themselves in. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about the circumstances surrounding recent character deaths. So Shadrach in the Dark Sun, I've gone into that in quite a bit of detail already. Coming towards the end of a session, our first random creature encounter, we were quite exposed. We did attempt to hide, I believe, but that didn't quite pay off. And this swarm of hornets descended upon us. Two rounds of Shadrach whiffing and hitting nothing. The first round of combat resulted in Shadrach taking one hit point of damage. The second round taking six hit points and dying there on the spot. And yes, that was quite surprising to me. I hadn't realised that I was extremely lucky to have only taken one hit point of damage in that first round of combat. Secondly, because this seemingly extremely cool character couldn't hit a damn thing, despite him looking like a real force to be reckoned with on paper. So that was that was my first real encounter with death. In a real old school D&D style context. Now the following game. The Black Hack. Which does have the out of action roll. You roll a d6. If you get a 6. You die. Which is what happened to my character. So essentially. It was death at zero hit points. So it didn't really make any difference. Whatsoever. What did make a difference. Was the fact that this character. Remy, a level one thief, on his first adventure. This was an extremely eventful few hours. There was a raging battle that we had to negotiate our way through. We confronted and bested a whole bunch of wizards before going on to confront the big bad, the powerful sorceress, And um, that was when Remy actually died by taking a fireball to the face. And what was different, that in just those few brief hours, I really felt like that character had lived. The character had helped turn the tides of a battle and also play a significant part in rescuing the other characters. And because one of the characters being rescued was also one of my characters, I was I was able to kind of eulogise about Remy's death, uh, made it known to the townsfolk of the sacrifice that this thief had made, the part he played in turning the tide of battle, changing the fate 
of the city and before Moot was whisked off back to his own dimension, he commissioned the building of a college in Remy's name, which was nice to be able to do just before the end of the session. So, uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that and made the most that I possibly could from that character's death. So, uh, yeah, a very, very rewarding session that was. But then... So for the um, Dark Sun session being run by Dave on Friday nights, the week before last Friday, I was all ready and set to uh, dive into the second session. Unfortunately, Dave's wife Claire and I believe Dave himself were not feeling too well at all and he had to cancel the session. He had posted about this earlier in the day, but me being the fool that I am, I only check these things right before the session's about to start. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, more for me. But um, I got myself all set up. So I figured, well, I've rolled these characters up for Bastionland the ones I refer to in the second session of the Bastion Social that was put out by Barney over on the Loco Ludus podcast. Um, although I would say I've just listened to it, um, uh, you know, because I like torturing myself and uh, I just found all my umming and ahhing to be completely intolerable. <laughs> but I hope you can muscle through that because there's some good stuff in there and in that i talk about a bunch of characters i rolled up with the intention of doing a solo session so yeah i was able to play that solo session on that friday evening this was a one-shot session that chris mcdowell had published on his blog the week prior essentially a two-level dungeon designed to last a couple of hours and I thought I'd run through it with these these four electric bastions. I'm daddy, aren't I? <laughs> You're daddy, are you? Oh, I'm daddy. You are daddy. You got my jumper on. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a naughty scarecrow. And I mentioned that I was going to be using Ray Otis's solo gaming tool which is subsequently released on itch.io as The Oracle. So if you just look for The Oracle by Ray Otis, you will find it. A very neat little pocket mod. It's also available in individual sheets, because, uh, well, which I find particularly useful, because as handy as pocket mods are, I do find them quite difficult to read. But as it turned out, I didn't use that tool, because the... Prison of the Worm Queen is a pretty linear affair. You either go in and do the delve or you don't. And all the random encounters and stuff are in the adventure itself. Uh, the characters have three stats, strength, dexterity and charisma. And if there were any decisions to be made by the characters about something that I was already aware of, 
I rolled against their charisma. So there was no real particular need for an oracle, just familiarising myself with the mechanics of the game. So I took my four characters in. My first mistake was not taking any retainers, any lackeys. I simply went in with those characters and with each combat encounter, one of those characters was picked off. I managed to get to the final cavern of the adventure with a character on their last legs who was ambushed the moment he entered that area and and that was that. But it was certainly a fun exercise. Into the Odd, Electric Bastion Land is one of those games where engaging in combat is not advised. It is a last resort. But as I was soloing this, and I was in positions where it was either engage in combat or go home, pressing on was the only sensible thing to do. And then, a couple of nights later, I played something I picked up on drive through micro RPG, very rules-like system, pay what you want, and released for the micro RPG are these things called chapter books, which contain the rules and an adventure, and I tried a solo adventure called Castle of the Dead, a roguelike thing, you roll up a room, you roll up the amount of exits, draw it on a grid, and then roll up an encounter. So I rolled up the first room, rolled up the first encounter, five zombies. I took four of them out. The last one whittled me down from 22 hit points to zero and killed me in that first encounter. And this thing only had three hits, but I just couldn't hit it for toffee. So there you go. Well, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your calls. If you want to leave a message, please click the anchor link in the description. Or if you prefer to contact me by email, there's a link there to spencer.freethrawl at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, MeWe, Instagram as Freethrawl. There's a Keep Off The Borderlands Facebook page. Also in that episode description, you'll find a link to TJ Drennan's Patreon that provides all the wonderful music. Uh, it just remains for me to say, take it away, TJ. Warning, if celebrating the sound of dice hitting the table and pondering the meaning of the many acronyms within your player's handbook doesn't cure that burning sensation, please see your doctor. Vampires? What vampires? What are you talking about?